Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. When the Apostle Paul sets out to clarify the nature of God's saving message for us, which is the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ, he reviews in his writing to the churches of Galatia, in the epistle to the Galatians, his early experience in the gospel, his early experiences of encounter with the other apostles who came to Jesus many years before him. Paul was sort of a later entry into the apostolic ministry. In previous sessions, we have recounted his experience that made him an apostle. He started out, started out as an enemy of Jesus Christ and became a servant of his. In these early experience of meeting with uh, other apostles, the, the apostle Paul would say there was great harmony. Um, he met with them, they all agreed as to the message. Jesus Christ is the Savior, salvation is through faith, even Gentiles can come into salvation by trusting in Jesus Christ. Christianity began as a movement within Israel, within Judaism, and but it reached out to all because even as Christ had commanded his apostles, uh, they should go and make disciples of all nations. And because salvation is a need for all humanity, and Jesus Christ is the only Savior. But in this early picture, something happens in the form of a distortion. Some forces come into the early movement of the church. And Paul would refer to them in Galatians chapter 2 in verse 4 as false brothers. All Christians are considered brothers of each other siblings because we all now through faith in Christ have a new father who is God himself. God is our father. Everyone who is in Christ through faith is a child of God and we are brothers and sisters in Christ if we truly belong to him by faith. And there came in some into the movement where they acknowledged each other as, as brothers, sisters, some who were false in the sense that they were advocates of a distortion of the message. It distorted it in such a way that the message became null in effect, so that the message became false. And this distortion was really adding elements of the law to the gospel. Believe, yes, believe by all means, but also do this work. And it's very clear that this was very much focused on the covenant or the sign of circumcision which was practiced and given to Israel. We'll see later on and also in other epistles there were other elements of religion which people were seeking to add as a requirement for righteousness, for the right standing before God. This would be observing particular days, a religious calendar, particular diet, etc. And the New Testament is very clear that a right standing with God is independent of all of these. 
of external works of religion. It is entirely through Christ. So in Galatians chapter 2 at the beginning, he talks, Paul talks about a, a visit he made to Jerusalem from Antioch along with Barnabas. They were bringing uh, a famine relief, one of the first, uh, to Jerusalem. Um, there were companions named here as Titus who were uh, with him, who were non-Jewish, who were Greek in their origin, ancestry, and meeting with the believers in Jerusalem, even acknowledging Titus as a brother, did not bring about an imposition on him that he should become circumcised. So the Jerusalem apostles and Paul were in agreement, in harmony. And we actually see this in the book of Acts later in what is called the Jerusalem Decree, that there is no legal requirement added to Gentile believers for them to be accepted into the church or by implication for them to be saved. But these false brethren had come in and not only had they come in in Jerusalem, from Jerusalem they had gone to other places. So wherever now the gospel was being proclaimed, these false brethren were doing a second mission work following the work of the apostles to change the message, to alter the message, to tell them require of them, it is not enough to believe, but you must also keep the law of Moses. So he calls them false brethren. So in, in Galatians chapter 2 verse 4, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who sip, slipped in to spy out of freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. It is important to preserve the truth of the gospel. One cannot say, as long as you have the right goods, what does it matter if we add a few more things to it? As long as you believe in Jesus, what does it matter if we also add our own works and religious efforts and religious deeds to part of a requirement? It does matter. Paul says it is absolutely crucial that the truth of the gospel must be preserved in its purity and simplicity. It is like otherwise adding tiny amounts of poison to a good diet. It makes it deadly. It takes away its value and truth and power. The gospel must always remain that salvation is through Christ and His work and His work alone. We do not contribute to it. It is separate from the question of how must I conduct myself in a way that is good for me and also pleasing to God. I am saved by what Christ has accomplished in my behalf. So the issue was so crucial that we mustn't add works of religion as a requirement for salvation so that Paul resisted this. He says, I did not yield in submission to them even for a moment, Galatians 2.5, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. This is worth fighting for. One must assert and affirm and constantly maintain that the saving message of Christ is centered entirely in Christ and His work. We come as those who are able to contribute nothing to our salvation. We come, even as in, a, in the well-known hymn, we come 
naked in a way, needing clothes. We come foul, needing to be cleansed at the fountain by the work, by the blood of Christ. Uh, we come entirely bereft of any capacity to contribute to what is necessary for our acceptance before God. It is conferred 100% by God who, rec who accounts and reckons the goodness, the righteousness, and the perfection of Christ to every believer who puts his or her confidence in the work of Christ. So he is fighting for the truth of this message. In verse 6 of Galatians 2, from those who seem to be influential, and he must mean the prominent ones among the apostles and leaders in Jerusalem. And this is an early uh, letter of Paul. At this point, Paul himself may have some question as to who are the true sources or authorities behind the, the legalistic distortion of the gospel. Later it becomes clear that people who are coming from Jerusalem with impressive names uh, as those who authorized them were really not authorized by the people they claimed to be. So those who seem to be influential, this probably refers to Peter, uh, John the Apostle, and probably James, the half-brother of the Lord, who became very prominent in the Jerusalem church. So he says, I went up and there were these influential apostles and they were servants of God. Uh, at the moment, Paul was probably not entirely clear where all the commitments lay when he went up there, but he goes up with the confidence that he has in the message given to him. His understanding of the gospel derives entirely from the appearance of Christ to him and what God has revealed to him. Nothing that any of the apostles has taught to him. So he's not going there to verify his truth by their approval. He's in fact going to meet them and the meeting leads to a conclusion that they are on the same page. So those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me, Galatians 2, 6. Verse 7, on the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Paul here is summarizing his early encounter, the second one, with the Jerusalem leaders and the apostles. It is acknowledged very clearly um, in the New Testament, particularly as we go through Acts, that Peter focused early on in his ministry to Jewish communities. Paul had a very clear calling uh, even as Christ commissioned him to go to the nations. All of the apostles had been commissioned with the charge of taking the message of the gospel to all the nations, but in its outworking, it took a while before Peter reached out beyond the confines of the Jewish communities. Even Paul, 
uh, in his missionary work seemed to have initially started in any place, even in, in, in various parts of the Roman Empire. He would have started with uh, Jewish communities such as a synagogue and then gone out from them to uh, other people who are non-Jews. Anyway, the Jerusalem meeting uh, led to this conclusion that they acknowledged that it is God himself who is working through Paul. Paul had been given a commission by Christ to reach out to the Gentiles, just as Peter was now focusing on Jewish communities. It was God's grace that was at work through him. They were all part of the same team. They were serving the same Lord. They gave him the right hand of fellowship. There was no disharmony between Jerusalem and Antioch. There was no disharmony between Peter and Paul. They worked together in harmony, in sympathy, recognizing different domains or regions that they were focusing on at this time in their service of the same Lord, who is the Christ. So they gave him the right hand of fellowship. No legal requirement was being added to the gospel. Everything was fine, and the only thing they said is, please remember the poor. And in fact, as we read in the book of Acts, this particular trip to Jerusalem was for the sake of remembering the poor, so which Paul says he was very eager to do. So they continue, in fact, to be concerned about the poor among God's people. There is one message, and the early movement of Christianity proclaimed this one message that salvation is through Christ. There's no work of our own added to it. There were not two different Christianities or five different Christianities which are authentic Christianity, but all of apostolic Christianity was founded on faith in Jesus Christ. It was a work in harmony between what Peter and John and James or others did and what Paul and Barnabas and his other companions did. There was a movement to corrupt this message, but they resisted this. And the letter to the Galatians is in fact written to affirm the, the truth of the gospel as Christ gave it, to preserve the purity of it and the centrality of trusting in Christ alone and His work for salvation. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.